Hello, and welcome to the Achievement Hunting 101 podcast. I'm your host, Kenny, and thank you so much for listening. we got a great show for you tonight, but first, let me introduce you to my co-host. First up, we have the man who likes to wear his Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle undies during boosting sessions for good luck. L, a.k.a. Big L. How's it going, man? All right, you're giving away my trade secrets now? Hello, everybody. Second up, we have the red Mighty Morphin Power Ranger himself, Corey, a.k.a. Rocker Dude. How you doing? Hello, and welcome, everybody. And last but not least, we have a man who even the president himself calls, calls him by Mr. Ryan, a.k.a. Mighty Mango. How you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing well. I don't have my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles boxers on, though. Ooh, you're going commando? Even better. No. I mean, you're good. So we have a great show for you tonight. We are going to discuss the current True Achievements community event that's happening right now, which would be the the Bean Dive. We will discuss all the ins and outs and pros and cons of it. Later on in the back half of the show, we will have a publisher spotlight for our game section featuring Sometimes You Games. But first, we will start with a community question from Wakapil. He asks... What's the worst or particularly bad achievement you've unlocked? And do you have any specific achievements you've repeatedly gone for but still haven't unlocked? Ryan, let's start with you. What are yours? All right, since I'm new to the new show, um, mine will be for the game Legendary, which was a game that was written by, or done by Spark Entertainment, who also did uh, Turning Point, which is another wonderful title with grinding achievements. Um, it had the achievement called Combat Veteran, which is play 200 matches. Um, we started at about... 7 o'clock at night and finished about 3 o'clock in the morning. Oof. Um, because the achievement unlocked at a different time for everybody. Even though we all started the game at the exact same time. It was the worst, Ugh. like, what, 7-8 hours of just one achievement? Terrible. That's rough. Terrible game. That's bad. Um, for one that I've repeatedly gone for, I tried for the Mile High Club for a really long time, but I finally got it. I don't really... I can't think of any other ones right now. But, ugh, Legendary. Such a bad game and just bad achievements sounds like something maybe we'll do a show on we could bad games would be good <laughs> we can get Elroy too mm. Elroy knows all about bad games <laughs> yeah he does El how about yours well when I'm not wearing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles underwear I'm wearing John Cena underwear oh I couldn't see that you know what you're going to say about that right Yes, so I'm going Commando 2, I guess. <laughs> 2K has graced us with two achievements, one in WWE 2K13 and one in WWE 2K17. Oh, and yes, wrestling. And I've gone for these achievements because of my obsession with wrestling and the wrestling leaderboards on true achievements. Uh, my partner in crime, Matrarch, a.k.a. Michelle, uh, helped me out with both of these achievements. Uh, the one in 2K13 called King of the World uh, was to achieve the highest online rank, and only 240 people out of 24,000 were stupid enough to get this achievement. Uh, <laughs> the same thing for 2K17, to get a high ranking, 150 people out of 19,000 got it. Um, one of the main reasons not that many people get it is they are 2K games, 
So you only have a year and a half to go for them. So once you get one of those games, you try to knock out the online as early as you can so you don't get affected by a server shutdown. Um, as far as achievements, I'm still working on uh, WWE 2K16, which was a games with gold, has a couple of crazy achievements where you have to grind money and skill points in the single player. So there's no server shutdown, but they take forever and ever, and I'm still working on those. That sounds like fun. Other than the fact that it's wrestling. It is fun. Well, They're in their underwear, too. <laughs> <laughs> this show is sponsored by Haynes. <laughs> and Corey, what are yours? What are your games? So I was kind of looking at my completed games just to see something I've unlocked and that I didn't enjoy doing. And nothing came up that was too hard, so I went with something that was really annoying. And that is Tribute to a Vault Hunter in Borderlands 2. This achievement is so luck-based that I reloaded Sanctuary, which is the only place that this guy exists, 40 to 50 times just to hope to find him. Um, Really the only reason I went for the achievement um, is for a contest that it came up in. But before that, I would randomly go in every time I played the game. The dude was never there. It was horrible. But finally found him and got my achievement. So that was a good time um, when that unlocked. As far as an achievement that I have not gotten, that I've tried multiple times. Again, I don't think it's hard. Maybe it is. It's more confusing for me than anything, but it's the party time achievement in Soda Drinker Pro. Speaking of bad games. Very uh, bad. Elroy. Typically bad game. Mm. Yes. Elroy Mm. is the only one on my friends list who has a little bit more gamer score than me, and I've gotten almost every achievement. Um... But again, this achievement is for beating Vivian Clark, which is like the secret game within the game. And it is so confusing that every time I go for it, I don't know where the hell I left off or what to do next. So that one will probably forever remain locked for me. No one blames you for not completing that game. Wow. I blame you. You should finish it. (laughs) Did you try... um, For Tribute to a Vault Hunter... Sometimes I think you're supposed to clear your cache on the 360. Did you try doing that? I don't remember having an issue on the 360, but this one in particular was on the one version. Oh, okay. Yep. Got it. Yeah, and for myself, the one achievement that is just a bad achievement that I've unlocked, I would say it's too legit to quit from Titanfall. That's the one where you have to, you know, get the Gen 10 without using the Ford certificate. Not necessarily overly difficult, but if you don't know that early on, and then you try to go for an achievement, you might lock yourself out of it. It's partially uh, discontinued, so it's just terrible achievement. Fortunately, I unlocked it. I didn't use one. I almost did at one point, and then. Oh yes. You unlock two legit to quit legit, of course, right? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, of course. It didn't boost or anything like that. Titanfall? Definitely not. And then my other achievement that I've repeatedly gone for but I just can't get is uh, 
that we may live in peace in civilization revolution, which is the achievement to win by 1000 AD on king difficulty or higher. Love the game. Really like RTS uh, games. Civilization Revolution, great game. That one achievement, it's the only achievement I have, haven't unlocked yet. I've pretty much just given up with. I've tried so many times to unlock that stupid thing. I just can't get it. Just skill level that's beyond me, I guess. Can't get it. I remember going for that one. I had trouble with it, too. I didn't. I haven't gotten yet, either. Yeah, it's the couple of guides on true achievements. I Nothing I do works. I just can't get it. It's just not for me, I guess. Is the game any game. good? It was Games with Gold, right? Uh, yes, that was a Games with Gold title. A while ago. Yeah, it's a, very, it's a very good game. Yeah, if you like the Civilization games, the uh, real-time strategy games... It's it's a great game, but just that that one out. in particular can't get. All right, for our discussion segment, you know, first part, like I hinted in the intro, we're going to be talking about bean dives. Uh, L, if you don't mind, why don't you start off start us off just kind of talking about what a bean dive is? Oh, I'm glad you asked me. <laughs> prolific bean diver that I am. There's a True Achievements member, Bean Potter, who came up with the idea. The basic idea is to unlock one achievement in all the games in your backlog. That way you get all your games that you bothered to purchase on your tag. And then another thing you could try to do is recoup the completion percentage that you lost by adding all the games to your tag. Um, there are actually... It's a, it's a site event on True Achievements. It lasts a week. And there's actually leaderboards, and people try to put the most games on their tag. Um, some people think it's silly, because all it means is that you have a lot of money laying around, so you bought a lot of games, or you acquire games in another fashion. But some people like to put the games on their tag. It's easier to look up your games on TA, for example, look up the guides, make sure the games are in your collection without having to add them manually. And it starts in July every year, and it's turned into quite a big event. I think it's been going on for a good eight or nine years at this point. Sounds about right. I didn't realize it was that old. I remember doing one in July 2011, for sure. I've been doing one since 2007. Wow, really? Yeah, Pre-Green Dive. Whenever they uh, named it that dumb name. Mango Dive. Dumb. Yeah, the name's dumb. Whatever. <laughs> That's okay. No, I, I, I'm one of the ones where I think the bean dives are really stupid, but yet I still do them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Why? Um, I, well, it is. It is just basically a bragging rights. Look at all the games I have. Um, but I, I have them done for the reason just to keep track of what games I have in my collection, which ones I'm still missing. Because sometimes my databases that I keep track of everything might be wrong. Um, and then I also use it to keep track of how many games I've done in that calendar year from July to July. They're like new games that I've added to my tag. That seems like a decent way to do yeah. it. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I also make sure to do it now because L doesn't like how the games get recorded <laughs> on the website. So I make sure yes. I keep it. Now, I did end in 2017. Uh, the day before you could do, or the day that you could do the new bean dive. So, <laughs> so I will still be doing a 2018 bean dive in 2019. Sounds about right. Uh, yes, I, I enjoy giving you crap for it. Mainly because whenever you start a new game, it doesn't say what new game you started. It says you've started a new game in the bean dive, and then I have to do an extra click to see what game you exactly. started. Exactly, that makes and you And that's look. actually why I have have the problem with it. It makes me... It's ugh. not efficient, right? Ugh. Oh. <laughs> that or you're in 2018, and it shows you're doing something for 2017. It's just, that's just odd. Unbelievable. Yeah, I was I was debating keeping it going until 2019, so it said 2017 bean dive in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> can you have two bean dives open at once no it only allows you to do one uh, I tried I never should have closed out my 2017 then no I mean they are dumb by by nature they're dumb but I mean some people use it as a motivator uh, I think some people I mean motivating for getting achievements after a while you kind of try to find games and things to make it still interesting uh, you could argue achievements are dumb they are but we, yeah, <laughs> no but argument. We love them. <laughs> we still like them. The meta game is there. Beep yeah. loops are amazing. And that's why we are here. What are your thoughts on them, Corey? So I started my first bean dive last year, 2017, and thought I was going to be pretty, pretty big stuff. I added like 10 games, and uh, then I closed it, and I. It didn't do anything for my completion percentage. I did not understand what I was doing. Um, so I started another one sometime in January to keep track of newly started games. And I closed that one out and started the 2018 one just to be part of the event. That's what the cool kids were doing. And I still don't get it. And I probably won't. And, yeah, it seems pointless to me. But what the hey. I think the most I ever added was like 150. Wow. In one bean dive. Wow. That's quite a bit. I seem to bean dive as I get games anyways. I don't tend to hoard them. So it doesn't make much sense for me. That makes sense. Well, you guys going to be doing any this year? Any more? L? Um... I joined one just for fun. I don't think I'm really going to dive all my backlogged games this year. Okay. And when does that end? I believe it ends the, well, the official day. I know you can kind of keep it going. It never for, ends. You can keep it never ending. <laughs> but the official date of it ending is the 14th, I believe. Sounds right. And actually, speaking of never ending bean dives, is the one between the two still going? Anyone to say one no? I think it started about five or six years ago. It was like the never-ending bean dive where you start one a day or something like that. Yeah, I think it's still going. That's insane. That's crazy. That's Yeah, I couldn't do that. That's so many games. Okay. And... We'll do this for our game And for our gaming section, like I said in the beginning of the show, we're going to talk about the publisher, Sometimes You Games. If you don't know who they are, you probably haven't played a lot of the real easy games. They have a couple of that they've that they've uh, either developed and published. We're going to go over three specifically. 
Um, Corey, would you like to talk about yours first? Yeah, I can go first. So I played and completed the wonderful One-Eyed Kuth, however you say it. Uh, I'm going to rename the game to One-Eyed Willie after friend of the show, Elroy, uh, has so graciously nicknamed it. It was developed by Baba Yaga Games. came out in March this year. (laughs) And if you're anywhere near the G-Task, you probably have seen it. Um, It has almost 3,000 tracked gamers. It's only $5, and it's very fast. Um, I'm going to paint you a picture of the story real quick before I talk about the achievements. So this is a story all about how a one-eyed alien got turned upside down and crash-landed on a small planet. Upon impact, his ship lost four essential gears. Apparently that's all you need to run his ship. And luckily, three of those gears land right next to you. Easy peasy. Put them in your ship, you're good to go. But there's one more final gear that's missing. Thus starts the adventure of One-Eyed Willie. You traverse this planet that you landed on for the missing piece, and along the way you encounter sticks, creatures, and moon men. Uh, That's all I'm going to tell you about the story, and if that's not a tease that urges you to play this game, I don't know what is, other than the easy completion. 1,000 gamer score in about 35 minutes. It says TA says I've played it for 48 minutes. Uh, I did have to go back and get an achievement I missed um, at the very beginning, which ties back to our bean dives. This game is very bean diveable in the fact that you can get the the first achievement in five minutes or so. That achievement is pressing the same button four times in a row, and I know that this is a missable achievement because I missed it at the beginning deleted my save everywhere, restarted the game, and it still started me where I left off. So I had to play the whole game to get back to this spot to do it. (laughs) Super fun. (laughs) Luckily, it was a quick game. Um, There are 10 achievements total, and I think about six or seven are missable. They're not flagged on TA, but uh, unless you play this story legit, which I don't know why you would, uh, I don't think that they're... They're part of the story. There are things that included, like, refused to give it this deer or a, something three times in a row, scare this squirrel a couple times, visit a bear several times. So you you encounter these things along the way, and you just got to do them a few times that you probably normally wouldn't uh, to get through the game. The other two or three achievements, uh, they are forced upon you by continuing the story so very easy game if you follow a guide if you didn't follow a guide you would probably only take you another 30 to 45 minutes to complete it it's a point and click type game you go left you go right you interact and that's all you do there's about i would say four main screens of the game that encapsulate the entire planet that you have landed on uh, and you just kind of traverse them uh, differently as you come to them but yeah it, it was an okay game it was better than a, another game you're about to hear uh, by the same publisher uh, yeah I, I it's a good game for the price five dollars and 
and when it goes on sale like it is today for the next few hours it's you know three something so if you're looking for an easy quick completion 1000 gamer score one-eyed cook is the way to go <laughs> yeah if you want to dive it it's pretty quick too for those going for the bean dives cheap yep. and quick very quick very easy game as i look at it yeah i did it in 37 minutes so super easy no time at all and since none of us can actually pronounce how to say this just <laughs> just for spelling it's k-u-d-k-h your guess is as good K-U-T. as a yeah your guess is as good as ours on how to pronounce this thing i have no idea uh, for the second game that we'll be talking about it like Corey alluded to is north l if you would like to talk about this uh, I would not like to talk about this game, but I will anyway. <laughs> I, I think North... Well, the first thing that happens... Oh, actually, well, let's talk about North. North... <laughs> this is why we edit not live. Way to go, Ed L. We had we had a good flow going. <laughs> That's not a picture I needed. So North was developed by Outlands, and unlike One-Eyed Willie, there's a little bit of skill required in this game. Um, there's one part of the game that you have to run through some lava or something and you have to get three ores. It's the only part of the game that will give you any trouble. I believe there's supposed to be a plot in this game and you have to find some letters and for your sister or from your sister. And But I'm guessing myself and a lot of other people just don't care about the story because anybody who bought this game got it because it was cheap and an easy completion. Um, the game right away tells you that it's only going to last for an hour or less. So right away, you know it's going to be quick. Now what I'm curious about is if anyone enjoys this game on its own merits. But I can't understand why someone would play this when there's plenty of other games out there that they could play in this genre. Well, I guess it's a walking sim. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, kind of I, I go with that. Sim. It's definitely on the easier side and the quicker side. Probably a little bit longer than what I'd Willie. But it's a little bit longer. There's a couple of missable achievements. I think you need to touch some lamps. And I guess if you walked by the radio and didn't turn it on, that would be missable. But it's right in the beginning of the game. Mm -hmm. And that's actually one of the two achievements you could dive the game with. You turn on the radio or find the special pills. Yes. Yeah, kind of like the Matrix. Do you want the red pill or the blue pill? You don't have a choice. It feels like you're in the Matrix. Oh, that movie came out in the 90s. That was before uh, these other two clowns were born, I think. Yeah. Confirmed. <laughs> I've never seen them. Oh, yep, I echoed that thought. Yeah. <laughs> yes, North was definitely we get to the last game? kind of weird. Very much an out there type of experience. 
And yes, we can move on to our final Sometimes You game that we're going to cover, uh, Spiral Splatter. Uh, Ryan, if you want to take it away. Yep, I'll take over on that one. Spiral Splatter, which was developed by Neo Chimp, or Neon Chimp Games. Not Neo Chimp, Neon Chimp Games. Um, it's a, I guess it would be a puzzler type game. Uh, you know, I, I actually think it's more in-depth than the other two games altogether, just because there's more levels and more to do. But I think it's a lot more frustrating. Very much. the game is so touchy. Uh, it's also more difficult because the game controls are so touchy. Uh, I enjoyed it, though. I played the game in two settings, and was, I think it took me about four hours to finish the game. I think L lost a little bit of progress when he played it. Uh, because you Did you do it in multiple sessions, L? Uh, I did. I saw a solution on TA that said to try to do it in one sitting because they lost a good couple of hours of progress. Um, I only lost a little bit of progress, but still, the fact that you lose any progress at all is pretty bad programming, in my opinion, and it's disheartening. I mean, four hours isn't long, but to do in one sitting is pretty long. Yeah, it is long for one sitting. I was lucky I didn't lose any progress when I played it. The concept of the game is you're a dot. I guess I'll call it a dot or a splatter. An ink blot, maybe that would be was what you are. And if you your goal is to get from one end where you start to a finish spot, and you have to avoid all sorts of challenges, obstacles, teleporters, things of that sort in the way, spikes. Uh, there's 106 levels. Uh, and the hardest achievement I would say would be the one for getting three stars in all the levels, because some of the levels towards the end, worlds 10 and 11, are pretty pretty frustrating um there is an achievement for getting 500 deaths which i did on one of the early levels because you can <laughs> you can spawn die spawn die spawn die. it's very very quick to get 500 deaths in the game i, we, I probably had well over 3,000 deaths by the time i was done yeah you don't need to boost that one it'll come very back. much and so you don't really need to yeah there's there are guides for levels if you get stuck anywhere but for the most part you figure out what you need to do in a couple tries lots of trial and error but it's just stick with it you can get it done. Uh, for since we have the theme of bean dives, you can probably get an achievement in it in about five minutes or less because you can get through the first level or the first. They call them stages, but it'd be the first level of first world of the game uh, in probably about five minutes. Or if you just kill yourself fifty times really quick, um, it's either fifty gamer score or forty gamer score respectively, depending on which one you go for. I will ask for the listeners and myself uh do you have any tips on this personally i've only completed stage three and gave up this game was very annoying to me i'm just bad at it uh i don't have a lot of tips on it other than just to keep at it um, he's basically levels, saying to get good yeah get good. There, get good there is a, i think it was on world three or four there's one where you have to you start on the left, you have to go across a narrow hallway to the right and hit a switch and then rush back. You've got five seconds to get back over to the left mm-hmm. and then get back over to the right in like another five seconds. That one probably took me a good 20 minutes just for that level. Ooh, right. And the, lo- the worlds on World 10 were easier than worlds on the ones on World 9. And then World 11, they were had the back half of the ones on World 11 were insanely hard. But I just stuck with it and got it done. So, good, good. All right. The uh, best advice I guess you can offer to anything. 
wish I could wish I could be more specific what you need to do, but it, the controls are just so touchy. You just have to learn the limits of the controls, I guess. Yeah, if you don't get three stars, you could always go on to the next level and just keep practicing and then go back to them, and you might find yourself doing better. That's what I did, too. I would If I got one where I got stuck on it, I was just like, okay, let me just move on. I'll come back to it, clean up at the end. So I finished the whole game and then went back and got all the ones I needed to get. And to the game's credit, they did introduce new facets and new things to do um, every world or, or two. There was one thing that was fun. They had a little ghost uh, one that you had to race. Mm-hmm. If you remember yep, those. I remember those. So, so they did add new stuff as you go on through the game. I thought that was the best of the three by by default, probably. But I think it had the most content by default over the other two. I can agree with that. Spe- speaking of content, do you think for five dollars is a good price for these three games? If your goal is gamer score, totally agreed. The use of a guide with two of the three, I mean. I don't know if I'd play the other two if I didn't have a guide at all because they're kind of nothing games. They're very, very forgettable. Yeah, I don't think I could have completed North without a guide, quickly at least. I, I don't even know what I did in that game after beating it. <laughs> I, I could see that game being extremely frustrating without a guide because it looks terrible. It plays terrible. You, you don't really know what you're supposed to do in it. I guess if you read the things, the letters or whatnot, it kind of gives you an idea, but not really. Yep. Yeah. They're... Is it terrible? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who would I guess? Would you play Spiral Splatter uh, for fun if, if uh, achievements didn't exist in your normal gaming? I would have. Um, I got it because I wasn't sure what kind of game it was, and it was only five bucks. So I tried it. I'm like, this isn't bad. Kind of just a quick. It'll, it kind of reminds me of a phone game. Just where you got a couple minutes just to play it, but I just end up sitting and playing it over and over and over again. Because I was like, oh, this is actually not that bad. Yeah, if you like puzzle games, it's actually a relatively enjoyable experience. can get very frustrating, but it's not bad. Yeah, I can agree to that. I actually have played it like three different times now. Unfortunately, one of the achievements has kind of glitched on me. I unlocked stage four, but not stage two somehow. Uh, I don't know. So not a big deal if i have to erase the save later on but kind of annoying the thing is though when i play this game i have been playing it for like 10 minutes get frustrated really quickly and then just quit the game i rage quit it i don't tweet the developers but i rage quit the game but i don't i'm never mad at it to where i don't come back to it so amongst the, amongst the three this is the best one for sure yeah and i would say a lot of the frustration is because the game is actually relatively tight I mean, if you make them, there is little margin for error. Some games give you a little bit of margin for error for hitting walls and such. This game does not do that. If you hit a wall, if you come remotely close to the wall, it's going to count you as hitting the wall. Yeah, and it's totally your fault, not the game's. It's it's, it's just a it's just a skill game. Yeah, and it also doesn't help. Every time you die, it's like a flash of red lights and a sound goes off like a little explosion so it just adds to the frustration i, I like <laughs> to think of it as adult operation <laughs> that's not a bad way that's yeah. pretty good well before we close out the sh- close out the show you guys got have any thoughts on any of these games that you'd like to like to share any other thoughts or is? Uh, i think I, I think we covered it yeah yep Sometimes you, thanks. <laughs> Thank you for the easy yeah, gamer score. We'd like to thank sometimes you for going and actually having these 
developers that didn't really have any other games and develop or publish them for them. So that's kind of neat. And their price points are fair. I'll give them that. All their games seem to be $5 or less. Yeah. I believe they developed Energy Cycle as well. You played that one. Quote, unquote, played. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that's an, that's another big big one. Everyone knows about that game, but uh, that was 2 or $3, 15-minute completion with the guide. Yes. So they're very fair priced. We'll see what they come up with next. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll cover other games by them in the future too. Yeah, sometimes you seem to be an achievement hunter's best friend right now. Cheap games, easy gamer score. Yeah, bring on more. We're all good. We're all for that. Yes. North two for Mango. <laughs> you mean South? Totally. South. Yeah, all right, we've gone South. Uh, okay. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, this, like I said, this is the Achievement Hunting One Hundred One Podcast. Uh, if you guys have any questions or or feedback or anything for us by all means please tweet us uh join our discord uh link will be in the show notes uh anything you guys want to ask ask us about you want to hear about on the show let us know uh cory if you would like to let everyone know where they could find you yeah just pop over to our discord you can find that at discord.me slash AH101. Come join the server. Community is very friendly, always talking, and I'm always there. So that's the best place to reach me. L, how about you? You could find me on Xbox Live, on Discord, on True Achievements at Big L, B I G space E L L. I am also very active in the Discord. And Rocker and I will make you feel at home with our friendly banter. And Ryan, how about you? Uh, you can find me on Discord on under Mighty Mango. You can find me on TA at Mighty Mango. You can find me on Twitter at Mighty Mango. Uh, <laughs> and Xbox at Mighty Mango. So pretty much if you search Mighty Mango, most of the time you'll find me or you'll find me that or you'll find that drink from Naked. I'm not the drink from Naked. <laughs> <laughs> And if you would like to contact me, I'm Fufu Cuddly Poof, F U F U C U D D I L Y P O O F. I'm on Twitter, Discord, True Achievements, Xbox. Yeah, send, send me a message if you want. All right. And Pokemon Go. And Pokemon Go. Go. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. Yay. Hello, everybody. Corey here, and I have a special interview for you featuring a very special guest today. With me, I have Michael Hicks, designer, programmer, everythinger, just about, for the upcoming indie game, The Path of Modus. Michael, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for being here uh, and taking some time out of your day. So, as I mentioned, The Path of Modus comes out soon, July 17th to be exact, on Xbox, PC, and PS4. Uh, I'm sure you're excited about releasing a game to the world, but doing some research, this isn't your first game or anywhere near your first game that you've made, is it? Uh, No, I've been making games for a pretty long time. I think this is my eighth or ninth game. Uh, I do consider this my second professional game because 
Uh, before, I was making like Xbox 360 games on the uh, indie channel, mm-hmm. and I feel like uh, those were kind of more smaller projects. And then a few years back, I did a game called Pillar for PlayStation 4, and I, I consider that to be my first like properly published game. And then uh, Path of Modus took another like three years to make. Okay. <laughs> so this, I consider this to be my second professional or published game, I guess you could say. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And and you're you're pretty young, right? Yeah. So I'm 25. Yeah. Wow. Very nice. Thanks. <laughs> Um, so to someone who hasn't heard of the path of modus, how would you describe it? So, uh, the path of modus is a game where your words can destroy people. You play as this little goblin named modus and he's from a village that's been trapped in a forest for hundreds of years. No one's found a way out, but he thinks he'll be the first one to get through by building bridges through the forest. So there's some puzzle elements in the game with the bridge building but in between building the bridges, he meets bullies that use their own words to stop him. So there's a verbal combat system where they're shouting words and you have to fire words back. Uh, so it's definitely a puzzle platformer. The I tried to make the combat feel very puzzly as well. So I, I say there's the more hard logic puzzles with the bridges and so on, but also uh, the combat has a puzzle feel to it as well. Yep, yeah, I can agree to that because I was fortunate enough to play this game already. Uh, and when I did, I, I found it refreshing, to be honest. Uh, the game seems to be built to encourage players to engage with the story, which has a, you know, a powerful message, you know, dealing with words and how you can, quote-unquote, attack people with them. Um, aside from that powerful message of the story, uh, you just mentioned some of the mechanics. So it's got the 2D platforming, uh, which controls really well. And then the connect-the-line puzzle bridge games that you just mentioned those particular puzzles with the lines i loved them i could you can make a game of just those and yeah I could, yeah and i could just play it on my phone or something for hours yeah. um regardless throughout the entire game uh you have these platforming puzzles and the logic puzzles uh that they never feel too hard but they never feel too easy as i was doing them and figuring that on my own I felt very rewarded when I uh, when I did it. So, uh, good job on that, finding that good balance. Is that something that you've had experience with? Yeah, thanks. I uh, well, I, I like mechanics that are like very simple to understand, but have a lot of mileage to them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe that kind of lends towards like that balance, because I feel like uh, even though there are maybe some harder puzzles in the game, you always know how to approach them. So I think that kind of helps middle things out or you know average things out. Um, and like you were mentioning earlier, another thing I was trying to do was I really wanted to marry uh, the gameplay and the story. So I don't know. Like those are all the those were the thoughts that I had initially. I wanted something that was easy to understand mechanically, but had a lot of mileage. And I also wanted to tie it in to the story as well. Yeah, well, I think you did a great job with that. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the other aspect of the game is that it, it feels very personal, uh, leading players through these emotional experiences. Uh, there's portions of the game where you break the fourth wall, uh, including a specific part on the beach, which if you once you get there, you, you'll see the puzzle. Make sure you build that house and go into it because you'll get an achievement, uh, but you'll also get some other special instructions. And uh, what I found was if people follow those instructions, they'll it's, it's a leads you to a very inspirational message that I very much enjoyed. Well, thank you. Yeah, we, we, you have to be careful not to spoil too much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're walking that fine line, but yeah, yeah. Hopefully, people uh, see that in it. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, uh, I I wanted. Uh, I guess I was kind of interested in like making a game because a lot of times games break the fourth wall, right? Like you play Metal Gear Solid and mm-hmm. things like that. And I was kind of interested in putting my spin on that. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that it came through and you noticed that. So yeah. Yeah, I always appreciate when that when that happens because it doesn't happen too often, and when it does, it it just kind of brings you closer to the the creator, you know. Yeah, yeah, I definitely wanted that to come through because we're just a team of two. Um, like you mentioned earlier, I did the design, music, and programming, and the writing. And my friend Gonzalo from Portugal, he did all the art. So I, I felt like, well, see, a lot of times I think the smaller developers they, they try to act like they're a big company, and mm-hmm. I really didn't want that because I just wanted to be honest. Like, hey, this is just basically me and my friend doing this, so I'm not going to try and pretend we're some corporation <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, so the the game is is done. You're just waiting for for next week to come. Is that you have another game in your head brewing, or is it is it time to sit back and relax for a minute? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I've been trying to relax. I I, I tried to take a vacation like this uh, all of June. We went to Florida. I tried to relax and all that, but like it, there's just so much. Uh, like I'm doing a lot of these types of things, interviews and talking to people and. There's, uh, you know, a few people had technical issues on the PC version, so I had to patch that, and just little odds and ends. Like, I, I don't, I'm, I, I guess I'm kind of in a vacation mode right now, because um, I don't feel like I'm in the intensive, like, working on a game is really intensive and hard, and mm-hmm. it's nice to be done with the production side of things. I can just kind of do the more public-facing, talking to people type of work. Um, so that's been enjoyable, but I'm hoping here a month or so when everything dies down a little bit to... Uh, have a real vacation and then i'll probably come back and for for my next game i think i'd like to do a smaller game uh i'm not sure i want to jump into like a three-year project again because right. it's very draining um i've been thinking about maybe doing more small like episodic type games um okay. yeah we'll, we'll see yeah we'll see where it goes awesome sounds great um well i don't want to take up too much of your time so thanks again for talking with me uh i know the listeners are going to enjoy uh, this interview as well as the game. It's right up our alley as Achievement Hunters. Do you have any plugs that you want to make where we can follow you and track your future endeavors, your next creations that you may come up with? Yeah, so we have our website, which is pathofmodus.com, and there's a mailing list up there. That's usually the first way I recommend people to stay in touch. Uh, we don't email too often. Basically, we just email when a new project is announced or is coming out. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm um, at Michael Arts Game, all one word. Uh, I, I, I don't tweet too much either, but when I do, it's usually because I have something to announce. So those are the best ways to keep in touch with me. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, we'll be sure to do that, and they'll be in any show notes we have with this interview, so you can find them easily. We're going to be doing a giveaway for this game when it comes out, so uh, keep an eye on our Twitter and our Discord and you'll find links and instructions how to enter that giveaway. So uh, we look forward to it. And on behalf of Michael and the Path of Modus, I've been Corey, and thank you so much for listening. Bye. Cool. All right. Thanks for that. Five, four, three, two, one. sequential segment with Matriarch and Royal MJ. Welcome everybody to a very sequential segment. I hope you enjoyed that intro music if it was there. And uh, I am Elroy OMJ and with me is... 
I am Matrarch. Well, Matrarch, this is our second episode of this segment, and so some could describe it possibly as the sequel. So, um, yeah. But first, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Had a very productive week, gamer score wise so it's very appropriate the topic we have for today, but we'll get into that in a moment. How about you? How was your week? Oh, my week was good, but up until the last few days, I'm going to be honest with you. I may have yeah. a couple sniffles here now. I must tell you, I only get sick like twice a year maybe of that. It takes okay. a lot to take me down. I, I work in a cesspool that is public education. I'm around germy teenagers on a nonstop basis, but I had something outside the norm occur to me, and uh, that is that I have a boat, okay? So I have like a sea-do. It's like a jet ski thing, and so... Okay. I stored it over the winter, and I got it back. I stored it in my mom's barn. Well, my mom's barn cat died, and so oh. yeah, and so I'm sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. That's it's we think hell the, of a week. We think the coyotes got it. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Well, she threw watermelon out in the field, and so we kind we kind of put two and two together that the, the water, you know, the coyotes came for the watermelon and got a cat. So yeah, but uh, but that wasn't what got me sick. Now. What did get me sick, I think, is I take the sea dew in to get it dewinterized so I can take it out on the lake. And lo and behold, I open the thing up. Well, I kind of suspected it when I first got it because this thing reeks, right? So it's kind of like uh, an old Seinfeld episode where George Costanza has the car that smells real bad and you can't get rid of it. Well, that's kind of what I was facing. I had to get rid of this thing to somebody oh. to work on it. And. The guy's like, hey, man, this thing's full of rat crap, and, and this thing's, you know, it smells like piss. And I'm like, yeah, you're right about that. And so we, we open it up and look in there, and there's, like, rat's nest all up in it. And I'm like, well, I can't expect you to work on my boat when there's rats all over it. So I take it over to the car wash, and so I take it in there, and I'm, I mean, I'm not going to use my, my shop vac on this thing. I mean, I Come on. So I, I'm going to pay a dollar for someone else's shop back to suck up rat's nest. <laughs> so I put my dollar in and I start sucking up uh, all these rat's nests in there. And now, mind you, I, I didn't think this out. I didn't really plan this out to address a rat infestation this day. So I didn't have any face masks. So I'm sitting here sucking rat's nests out. There's rat feces flying everywhere it's it's getting it's a hot summer day i'm out in the sun i'm getting rat feces all over me because i'm, I'm sweating it's sticking to me and there's you know rat piss everywhere and um it's just going everywhere and so i finally get the thing all sucked up and it sounds like a machine gun going around in there because there's so many rat turds in there and it's sucking them up and so then i thought well i'm just gonna you know do the full shabam so i took it through the car wash and and it's one of those spray ones, so I'll put the, the coins in that thing. And so then I'm spraying this thing out, and oh my goodness, you have never seen quite a sight like this. It was like a cascading waterfall of rat feces. I mean, it was going everywhere, everywhere. Um, you, it, no. was, it, was, it was just absolutely disgusting. I think I probably cleaned up at least five pounds of rat feces that day. At least. I, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't. Obviously, there's no really good way to measure it. And I don't know if the rat's nest would count in that weight if you were to measure it. But it was pretty disgusting. 
I had no face mask on. And so then I'm like, well, I think I'm getting sick. And then my lovely wife, Kelly's like, well, you know, you did clean out all that rat crap the other day. And I think you can get sick from that. And then she looks it up and she's like, well, do you have any muscle soreness? And I'm like, well, yeah, you know, I'm all about those gains, bro. And so I'm always sore. My muscles are always hurting because I'm always working out. And so then I'm like, well, are my muscles hurting because I've got the bubonic plague or is my muscles hurting because I've worked out and am I sick from the rats? Am I not sick from the rats? So if I start sniffling, if I sound a little weird, that's probably why. All right. Well, I mean, you can add to your resume now that you're a professional rat nest remover <laughs> from ski Yeah. And um, that I literally have no idea how to tie this back into achievements or the list we're going to do today. So I'm going to leave that one with you. Well, you know, um, sequels. Yeah. So yeah. I hope yeah. you never, ever, I hope ever have to have a sequel to that particular <laughs> event oh. in your life. Oh, man. My nose is running everywhere. This is something, this is something man. <laughs> All right. So. Anyway, so this is our second episode, and so we thought, well, we got renewed for a second one. This is going to be the sequel, so why not just address sequels with our list? So we are doing a sequel list. Now, it's not just the best sequel, you know, that played out topic. I'm sure you could get on many other places, you know, with, oh, what's the best sequels of all time? Oh, Mega Man 2 is great, you know, or something like that. No, no, we're doing an in-depth gamer score slash uh sequels of gamer score gems that should have happened but have yet to happen mm. right right so, so this is a great topic because um we're gonna dive in and see what games we've loved our gamer score gains mm-hmm. but then have never returned to us gains bro gains um so i guess i'll kick it off yeah let's hear what you got oh and also we uh we realized from last week we might have gone a little long. That's why Just I opened. Yeah, that's why I opened with a five-minute rat story. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're we're not so narcissistic that we think that y'all want to hear us each do our own list. So this is the first week in which we're going to do a list together. So we, mm-hmm. you know, we got together. There was a very heated debate. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and we 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 slotted we each other. Yeah, we, you know, didn't talk for a couple of days. It was it was intense. It was, mm-hmm. and so we we fought for our 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 candidates, and so this was the final uh, way that they came out. So we got honorable mention, and then five through one. Right, and as uh, as with our first, our, our prequel to the sequel. We had slightly different approaches to the list. So we'll both kind of go over why we got to what we got to. And then we're going to just go down and run down our lists. And we hope you enjoy it. So I'm going to get started because you got the five-minute rat story. So <laughs> I get to start. Yeah. Um, so in terms of making this list for me, I only included games that I had actually completed, which I think you did as well, right, Elroy? I did. I did. Okay. Um, my games all have a TA ratio of under 1.5. I know that that doesn't mean it's easy, but it means it's not so rare got my attention (laughs) games that have completion estimates that are under eight hours because there are some games that have really low ratios but are you know 40 50 hour completions yep i did consider some games for the list that had a 360 version and a one version Mm. but i found in every case that there were two issues first 360 games often are uh xbox live arcade games that then got remastered so they did not have a thousand g disqualified yep sorry that's fair and issue number two was that 
Xbox One remasters almost always had significantly higher ratios. Mm. Almost always. Shadow Complex, Bastion, like they, they have much higher ratios. They have different achievement lists. So they got thrown out the window. Mm. So forget them. So I'm going to get into the honorable mention. Okay. Let's hear it. All right. So for our honorable mention for easy gamer score games that deserve a sequel, I picked Contrast. Mm. Did you ever play Contrast? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. 360 and or one. Of course, you got to do the stack. Okay, I did not do the stack. I actually only did the one version. Oh, man. I know. So I still have the stack to go through. In, uh, the, in the 361, only worth 500? Yeah, it, it's worth less because it was before they yeah, made th- Yeah. I think it's like 1500 for the stack. Yeah. Okay. So a little bit about Contrast, uh, in case you're not familiar with it. The game came out back in 2014, and it's by Compulsion. Compulsion Games is the studio that Microsoft recently announced they acquired, who is working on We Happy Few. So they haven't gone away. Yeah. A sequel is still possible. In Contrast, you play as Dawn, who has a, sh- a shadow-shifting ability. And to my knowledge, there's nothing else quite like it. So it's a unique... Uh, platforming element, cool way to engage with the game. The story was great about Dee Dee and her dad Johnny and her mother Cat and this magician Vincenzo and who's really who in mm-hmm. this family drama. Voice acting was good, the aesthetic was good, the controls weren't so great and it was sometimes glitchy. So this deserves a sequel and a chance for us to get another 1000G because it'll give them a chance to fix some of these mistakes and to continue a storyline that they didn't leave cliffhangery per se, but they sort of hinted that there might be more. So that's my honorable mention for an easy gamer score game that deserves a sequel. Oh, that was quite informative there. Uh, I like that pick. That's a, that's a good one. So I am going to give you my number five. So for number five, I went with Touchdown Hero. That is... Oh, I'm sorry. Touchdown Hero New Season. That's very Ooh, important detail. That yeah. sounds like a sequel. Yeah. Well, I don't I couldn't find any trace of an old season. So, I think that perhaps this is without a sequel, I would imagine. But it is available on both Windows 8 and Windows Phone, but it's the same game. But all right, let me paint the picture for you. When we last left these heroes of the touchdown, they were running on an endless field, one man at a time. I'm not sure how that's regulation, but you have one person you're controlling and you're running on an endless field while avoiding a couple of defenders that keep popping up, you know, that trying to tackle you, take your head off. So you score enough touchdowns on this football field that it's like a giant treadmill. Like, seriously, it's just like a treadmill. It just keeps going. And uh, you unlock jerseys. So they named the achievements after the jerseys of various large football markets. For example, there's the O-Town achievement for unlocking the Oakland uniform, the Big Apple Chivo for unlocking the New York uniform. Yeah, see see what they're doing here. And then there's my personal favorite, the Motown achievement for, and I quote, unlock Detroit uniform. So you can tell that a lot of time was put into this game. There was, you know, there was so much time put into the actual game uh, gameplay of this that they didn't have any time left over to ensure things like achievement descriptions were not misspelled yeah so good old detroit yeah but i digress so you can you can run on the football hamster wheel for a long time and play 400 games and unlock all these different achievements or you can support microtransactions and get the uniform pack for two dollars and 99 cents and magically have access to all the achievements like seriously 
Uh, I mean, uniforms. You get access to the uniforms, not the achievements. You know, that would be bad. So, basically, you start the game back up after getting the uniform pack, and bloop, you get the uh, achievement. Let's see if I can do better than that. And then you uh, play a different team, and there you go. And you get another one. And it just keeps going and going and going. Now, for a game with such depth and such a rich history, I personally am shocked that there has not been a reboot for it on Windows 10. I mean, they had one for Windows 8, Windows Phone. It's only logical that there should be a reboot for Windows 10. But I'm here to help. I have an idea for the sequel. Are you ready for this? I'm so ready. <laughs> All right. The sequel will be called Touchdown Hero Newer Season. <laughs> All right? All and right. It's, and it's going to focus on the handful of heroes because that's literally all there was. You only have one player on each team from the last game. And this is going to be set many years later as they deal with the repercussions of CTE from their playing games. So the game, <laughs> the game's going to open in a hospital in downtown Detroit where you get the sad news from your neurodegenerative disease from the doctor in the opening cutscene. So imagine like an opening cutscene, the doctor walks in and says, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, you have CTE. I'm sure they say it more eloquent. But the achievements will be tied to the simple tasks that you now have to master. Like, there will be the bunny ears, bunny ears, playing by a tree achievement, where you get it for relearning how to tie your shoe, and that'll be <laughs> worth 15 gamer score. And then you also have the open wide choo-choo achievement for eating from a spoon again, also worth 15 gamer score. But the good news is, is that microtransactions are back. And you can download the rehabilitation pack for a mere two ninety nine. Touchdown Hero Newer Season Super CTE Edition coming soon. Yeah. Yeah, I I would play that yeah. or not play that. I would buy and then buy again. Excellent. <laughs> I love it. All right. I love it. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna plow on forward with number four on number our four. list. Number four. Number four is 8-Bit Adventure Anthology, Volume 1, Ooh, which yeah. sort of lends itself to a Volume 2. Mm. This came out in 2017. It featured three great PC point-and-click games, Shadowgate, Uninvited, and Deja Vu. Or if you're like me and didn't have a computer at home till you were a teenager, <laughs> one great Nintendo Entertainment System point-and-click game, which was Shadowgate. <laughs> and I was terrified of mirror shattering and sucking me into the void of space for my entire mm. childhood. Thank you, Shadowgate. <laughs> so... Great game, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, nice and easy achievement list, although, to be fair, you probably had to use a guide, right? We're not judging. Uh, because yeah. you know, they're, they were kind of missable, right? Yeah. This game clearly deserves a sequel because you can't have a volume one and not have a volume two. Now, all the games in the first volume were published by Mindscape, which mm -hmm. developed many of the games around this time. So who wouldn't want a volume two that includes great games like Prince of Persia or Paperboy or <laughs> Mavis Beacon teaches typing. Yeah. And just think about it. You can get a, <laughs> a get an achievement for something like typing 40 words per minute without making an error while doing the speed test about baseball. Ooh. So whenever they're ready, they can pick three new great Mindscape games, get them out to us as 8-Bit Adventure Anthology number two. Wow. Well, the, the achievements are close to uh, what the first uh, edition was i guess you would have paperboy would lend itself well you got got killed by a car got killed by a guy with, you know dancing with a boombox in the street got killed Absolutely. by 
by yeah, Prince of Persia <laughs> missed the jump and on spikes. Yeah, jump into spikes. It it would be perfect. I'm not sure what. I guess maybe on the typing one, you just type murder over and over again, red rum or something. <laughs> I I don't know. Yeah, you have to type murder a hundred times without making a mistake <laughs> oh. at an average word per minute of sixty six oh. minute. 66.6. Oh, okay. there we go. <laughs> We're going to send this list over to abstraction and oh. uh, make sure they get it done. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. Number three. All right. A- <laughs> Avatar, the last airbender, burning earth. Now, this has been the punchline for many gamer score discussion, but... Every serious gamer has played it and, you know, afterwards felt the need to take a shower or or get a cigarette or both. But anyway, the point is that it has a built-in audience. On TA, almost 55,000 gamers have completed it. Similarly, 18 gamers want to boost on it. So if you're available (laughs) to help, there's a list, you know, you can go help them with uh, getting all the achievements. So, yeah. So... If you haven't played it in a while, you may remember you're the last airbender. Hence, Avatar, the last airbender. But, you know, no judging here. But nobody will ever bend air again. And this weighs heavy on you as enemies run towards you, to which you simply mash the B button over and over and over and over and over and over. Yeah. There you go. And so uh, once you've pressed the B button an acceptable amount of times, uh, you stop playing and you sell the game or otherwise delete it from your life. Now, I am here to tell you there is so much storyline left on the table. I think we even addressed this last week. Those poor bosses, you know, I'm sure there were some boss fights that didn't ever get played, but so many unanswered questions. First, what was this game about other than throwing stuff over and over at approaching enemies? Now, I put a lot of thought and research into this, and I'm here to tell you, I have devised a sequel. Are you ready for it? I'm, I'm, of course, I'm ready for it. (laughs) I give you Avatar, the for real last ever bender, (laughs) burning water. Yeah. All right. So you're on a ship, and there's water, water everywhere, nor any drop to drink. Another ship materializes in the horizon. And before you know it, enemies are jumping all over the boat. They're on the boat. They're on the boat. And they're taking a good hard look at the mother-loving boat. The for real last airbender guy, I assume his name is going to be Avatar, but his friends call him Ava. But he must vanquish these scallywags. Now, like any good sequel, you take what worked in the original and you build off of it. So... In order to activate a hit counter of 10, 20, 30, 40, and 50, which is what all the achievements are in the first one, you press B, now get this, and then you press Y, and then you press B, and then you press Y. B, Y, 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 It's kind of like the horror thing. Anyway, 1,000 gamer score, and everyone is happy. Delete the game or sell it, and there you go. Sequel done. Now, I'm currently working on coming up with a prequel for Avatar, but I haven't quite fleshed it out all the way yet. 
but it would obviously feature the penultimate airbender. It might be Burning Fire. I don't know. But get this. This guy, he's going to use X to shoot. Yeah, but I'm, I'll, I'll get back to you once I get all the details figured out. You're just changing up the game. <laughs> You're a radical thinker. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I love it. All right, on. All right. Well, we're going to go from Ava um, to my number two mm. pick. Let's hear it. Ava, have you played the Turing test? Oh, I love that game. All right. So this is my number two because I drew the short straw and couldn't pick a number one. So mm. the Turing test. This was released back in 2016, Bulkhead Interactive, published mm -hmm. by Square. So it has a nice pedigree there. Yeah, yeah. In the game, you play as Ava Turner, and you are in deep space. Mm. Something has happened to your crew, and you're trying to figure out what. And throughout the game, you are guided or perhaps compelled mm -hmm. by artificial intelligence, Tom, to go through certain tasks. Mm -hmm. It's a great first-person puzzler, great little story. The achievement list is good. You get half of them for doing what you're supposed to do, and the other half are optional things you could do through chapter select. Mm -hmm. And this totally deserves a sequel. Because, spoiler alert, there are multiple things you can do at the ending, and mm -hmm. we don't know which one's the right answer. Hmm. So, we get a sequel that can get us through this cliffhanger, tell us what the true story is, and then get us through another set of eight chapters worth of puzzles with optional objectives. Basically do the same thing, because don't fix what's not broken. Right? We don't have to add y button to this game it's all good just keep doing mm. what you're doing and then at the end you get another thousand g and maybe an actual ending the turing test totally deserves to have a full sequel with another thousand g now when i was playing that I, mm -hmm. I was uh i was enthralled by that one i mean i was just there for the the cheap gamer score but you know mm -hmm. i uh I was like, what is this Turing test? And they kept asking all these very uh, insightful questions, I guess you would say. And, right. I was, and I was like, wow, I never really thought of that. And then I, I did some research. By research, I mean I looked it up on Wikipedia. And I, I was did like, exactly the same thing. Yeah. And I was like, Learned wow. all about the Chinese room. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, that's it's actually something. And it was uh, pretty fascinating. So I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Right. So this is a, a, a number two test. It's not a, completely a joke, although it's all a joke, right? <laughs> But <laughs> this <laughs> this totally deserves to have a sequel. And if you have not played this game as an easy 1000G game, and it's why I made my criteria so it goes up to eight hours so I can include this, Yeah, totally do it. Completely worth it. Great game. We need is, a sequel. Is, uh, I know that it's available on Windows. Is it uh, a stack or is it just uh, the play everywhere? Oh, that's a really good question. I, I'm actually not sure if it stacks or not. I could uh, look that up. But uh, um, I don't want to draw you away from to, doing a, a podcast. I mean, I, we, we'd have to delay for time and maybe yeah. talk about other things, do a dynamic setup for right. number one. Did I tell you about um, the rats? Uh, I, you could refresh my mind, but <laughs> <laughs> actually, I don't want to be refreshed. Keep that one to yourself. It doesn't look like it has a separate list. I think it must be a play anywhere. OK, well, there you go. Number one. So I uh, was able to. Uh, finagle this one into the number one spot and I think you'll be pleased I mean the Turing test was great but this game <laughs> all right it was People the woke yes People it, are waiting. I'm sorry sorry I'm just getting all excited when I want to think about this game it was the woke people's G-O-T-Y game of the year pick of 2017 it wowed us 
with its amazing voice acting, professional-grade music, and obviously it's quite easy 1K gamer score right for the taking. It is Turtles Quest. <gasps> I know. Dun, 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 dun. Available briefly on Windows 10, but not anymore. Did you get Aww. to play this, Jewel? I did not. I've only heard about it in stories and lore, and if you could tell me some more of those stories and lore, I, I would appreciate it. Oh, my goodness. It was so good that they had to take it down. It was kind of like uh, the Flappy Bird uh, saga. You know how that guy, yes. he took, he took mm -hmm. down Flappy Bird because it was just so freaking addictive, and he's like, this is ruining the world. That's what happened with Turtles Quest. Wow. Yeah, true story. So wow, it's to save us all, <laughs> and possibly the turtles, maybe. Yeah. I don't know if there was anti-turtle propaganda out there, but uh, there are people who don't like turtles. But uh, there's others that do like turtles. But <laughs> uh, that's a different topic for another day. But for those of you who missed the boat that sinks in the fiery, fiery opening sequence, spoiler alert, Turtles Quest is created by a European father and his young son who totally created all the voice acting and the music and the characters and everything. Just, they did the whole game. They produced the game entirely in-house. And by in-house, I mean their house, like where they lived. It was not a game studio. They literally did this thing out of their house. So I'm thinking it's time for a sequel. I assume they still live in the same home. It's very equipped for game production. But unfortunately, too much time has transpired since Turtle Mania swept the nation. And the groundswell is rising to find out what happens to that turtle. As, spoiler alert, you are too late as it is carted off uh, to presumably the second chapter of the game it, it kind of leads into like a second chapter it ends with the turtle and he's looking all sad he's like oh can't save the turtle and the turtle's on a wagon and it's being carried off and and you're like well i gotta get to that turtle unfortunately they haven't produced that part of the game yet so it's very ripe for a sequel but unfortunately with the limitations of being produced in you know a house and with the demands of sequels being bigger and badder the latter part being a real challenge in this case, I have for you the sequel nonetheless. It is. Are you ready for this? Yes, of course. I can't be more ready. All right. Now you got to listen to this. I'm listening. Turtles Quest I I Like Toitles. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. The, the eyes, Roman numerals, right? 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 <coughs> I, I, I see what you did there. All right. I, and I like it. I, I, I like it. <laughs> you like Toitles. The sequel. It's going to be delayed for years, you know, because it's it's probably going to get some red tape, you know, get back in the, the Xbox store. But when it finally does come back, but we find out that in that time, the adorable little boy who voiced the protagonist and like puffed on the pan flute while his pops like picked at a ukulele and he's like walking around going, excuse me, mister, what are we doing? Blah, blah, blah. It, it, it's really it, the voice acting is just spot on. But. Unfortunately, that adorable little boy in the original, he's now a voice-cracking teenager going through puberty and who hates his dad and would, you know, only have something to do with Turtles Quest if the Turtles Quest was to play Fortnite, you know. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, for these reasons, European dad guy, 
uh, you probably need to get started on this project immediately before your son turns on you. So maybe a Kickstarter. Uh, I'm sure the 1,000 people who own it on TA would happily heroes in a half shell out money to your fund to fund it. Yeah. So Toidles Quest. I, I like Toidles. Let's make this happen. That, that was beautiful. Well, thank you. Was, thank you. It was I, kind I, of a plea for action. It, it, yeah. 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 Um, so that brings us to the end of week two. Good job yeah. on the sequel. Yeah. All right. And we're hoping to do a, a threequel next week. But yeah. um, before we do, uh, if you have any suggestions for us, anything that you'd like to see us write a list on or anything you'd like us to do a little different or try a little harder on or be a little more or a little less punny, whatever works for you, <laughs> just let us know. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at TA underscore Matrarch, M-A-T-R-A-R-C-H, or on Xbox Live or at True Achievements uh, at Matrarch as well. All right. Well, that was very concise. I, I tried. Uh, I'm I am Elroy. I am Elroy OMJ, and you can contact me at RatKiller247. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, you, if you just type into the Google machine, Elroy OMJ, I'm sure you'll find me. I'm on everything. YouTube, uh, you can see all my really bad videos I've made. And, uh, yeah, you can find me just about anywhere. So Elroy OMJ, TA, Xbox, you name it. I got it. And so, uh, thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Acapel's Quickie of the Week, formerly known as GTOS Quickie of the Week, asterisk, Wikipedia edition. This segment aims to help you getting a high amount of true achievement score, henceforth called TA, and often gamer score, GS, in a short period of time. While most of you appreciate quick score, it is of extra interest to those participating in the G-Task, which is abbreviated from the Grand True Achievement Scoring Contest. The G-Task is a scoring contest that runs for most of the year organized by Planting42, which every week eliminates the lowest scoring participants. Eliminated from the contest, that is. I'm unaware of the status of Planting's Hitman squad, but I'm quite sure they haven't been deployed to gamers who have been unable to keep up the brutal scoring required each week to stay in the competition. With most of the acronyms and abbreviations out of the way, I present to you this quickie of the week, King's Quest. This delightful episodic point-and-click adventure keeps its cake and eats it too by simultaneously being a reboot and a sequel to the classic text parser and point-and-click games from the 1980s and 90s. Having three stacks, meaning separate achievement lists for the same game, two versions for the one and one for the 360 worth 1,800 gamer score. This is a repeatable quickie for those who can stomach it. For the really serious uh, achievement hunters among you, it is easy to run the 360 version at the same time as a one version, since most of the game is fairly tranquil except from a few action sequences. If you decide to do all three editions, I'd recommend you start off with one of the one versions on one TV. Once you know what you're getting into, you can do your second and third playthrough at the same time, with the 360 and 1 running simultaneously. I'm sure many of you are thinking, who has the money to buy all three versions of the same game? Well, in this case, it's not really a problem, since the first episode, the one that we are going to play, is free on two of the three editions. 
unless you count bandwidth, electricity, and the time you probably would have spent gaming anyway. As I mentioned earlier, this is an episodic game in five parts. Unfortunately, only the first episode contains 1000 GS, and the remaining four, while equally long, only give you 200 GS each. With a guide, your first run through the first episode should take you around 3 to 4 hours, netting you 1000 GS with a low but probably higher than you expect TA ratio for the effort involved. The TA ratio, true achievement ratio, is a multiplier calculated by the proportion of unlocks of registered users on trueachievement.com, which in turn is used to calculate an achievement TA score from the gamer score. I estimate your TA rate to be around 300 an hour playing King's Quest, and it's a solid pick requiring very little skill to get through as long as you follow a guide. Without a guide, it will probably take you two to three times as long. Thanks for staying awake during this elongated quickie of the week. Now, please excuse me, I have some killer slugs to deal with. Have a great day, everyone. Thought I had a pitchfork. I guess a shovel should do the trick.